Welcome to Planet Noun, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and do more with what life presents. This episode is another installment in the COVID catch-up series. I've been chatting with past guests on Planet Noun to find out how they've been faring during this rough dumpster fire of a year. Well, this time I'm catching up with someone I met a couple of years ago, and he hasn't been on the podcast before. Um, I met him while I was working uh, for my full-time job at that time, and we met at an event in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to interview him for a story I was going to file with the radio station where I worked. Well, that's where it started, and we've been chatting online about him coming on the show, and then the pandemic hit. Well, at last, here he is. Rod Quinn is his name, and I was intrigued because during the interview for work, for my job, I found out that he was a traveling artist. And look, by now, I'm sure y'all know that anyone who has the courage to follow their dreams, even radically so, man, that intrigues me. Well, let's get to it. Meet Rod Quinn. He joined Planet Noun from Laredo, Texas. Well, my real name is Rodrigo Quintanilla, but um, I changed my name to Rod Quinn. Um, it was about like when Facebook was starting off because um, I didn't want my regular job to know what I was up to and like my off time. So um, I changed it to Rod Quinn, Rod with one D and Quinn with one N. But the first time I painted live in Houston, um, I was washing my hands after the show and everything. And this guy comes up to me. He's washing his hands as well. And he's like, man, that was an awesome show. Uh, what's your name? And I'm like, Rod Quinn. And he's like, spell that for me. And I'm like, R-O-D-Q-U-I-N. And he's like, you know what? You should put an extra D on the Rod and an extra N on the Quinn. And I'm like, why would I do that? And he's like, because that way you'll be double pimping. So I'm like, you know what? I want to be double pimping. So after that, it became Rod Quinn with two Ds and two Ns. But it kind of like makes sense too, because I'm a Gemini. So mm-hmm. I like the whole uh, duality, the yin and the yang. So I like emphasizing that, you know, with my mm-hmm. name as well. So that's why I added the two D's and the two N's as well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That is a, you know, every now and then I wonder, and then I think about it and then, you know, I forget about it. Why does he mm-hmm. have to do two D's and N's? Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Now I want to do this as well. I want to um, do um, something called the, the art of travel. That's when I met you actually. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend and I, uh, Briz, we were traveling all over the country and we were calling it the art of travel, but I would write also art with two T's because I want to have it as like Rod Quinn art. So everything has to have the double uh, on it. Um, And it just is like a reflection of me being a Gemini. That's, that's the whole thing about the two uh, letters at the end. But um, yeah, the art of travel. That's when I met you um, when we were in uh, DC actually. Yeah. Traveling by DC. Uh Yeah. Let's recount that. So I remember on my end, I just, I was, working, uh, working for uh-huh. a radio station. And we were at the 8th Street Festival. So I was reporting and you had a booth. Uh-huh. And well, I, I, I was like, I go want to know the story behind that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a story. <laughs> we really didn't have a booth, actually. <laughs> we were... Um, we were just like stopping in random areas where like we would thought like we could actually sell like prints or where I could actually like paint live or anything like that. And my friend that actually is from Laredo, Texas, my hometown, uh, now lives in DC. His name's uh, Michael Dole, but we call him Dole. Uh, Dole tells me, he's like, Hey, there's this eight street festival that uh, they do once a year. And it's like all about uh, artists and musicians. And it goes on for blocks and everything. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just go check it out. You know, I, I didn't know anything about it, but it sounded like something fun. So we went, Charlie and I went to go check it out and we're checking it out. And we're like, this is awesome. And so we just start asking some of the vendors that are there. Hey, do you mind if we just sit up next to you guys? And they're like, well, yeah, we don't mind. So we're like, all right. And I had everything in my, in my truck. We had 
tables, we had prints, we had paintings, uh, we had my easel, we had everything in their canvas. So we bring, we set up next to these guys like we actually were part of the festival and nobody questioned it. <laughs> so we were just making art sales left and right. And that's when you showed up <laughs> and we were talking there for a little bit. You know, I think you went through the, my, my prints and everything. Did, did I even give you one? I think I, I... Yes, the one with the pigeon on it, which I found was oh. interesting because at that point <laughs> I was having trouble with pigeons on my balcony that kept waking me up every morning. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I love that print, by the way. I love how it's like strutting, like it's like it has its chest out and everything and looking like it's walking down the catwalk. Um, I love that print. Um, but yeah, we weren't supposed to be there. We just set up and we just started selling like crazy. And one of the organizers sees us and she's like, wait a minute, who the heck are you guys? And we're just like, oh, we're just like from Texas or whatever. We're just driving by. She's like, no, you're supposed to like sign up like months in advance and everything. Oh, we're like, okay, so we're going to uh, start breaking down. So we're like, you know what? Three prints for one, three prints for one. So we started selling prints, three for one. And then by the time she comes back and she sees it, she's like, hey, I thought you guys were supposed to leave. And um, we just pretended we hadn't heard her. So then we started like saying four for one, four for one. So we started selling prints like crazy. By the time the uh, festival had ended, we had made a couple of extra bucks so we could continue uh, traveling out through the country. But that was awesome. We had such a great time. Washington, D.C. is amazing. I think everyone on the planet uh, has to go visit that uh, town because it, it makes you proud to be an American. Like it mm -hmm. feels like, I feel kind of like, have you ever seen that movie Gladiator when they oh. see like the Coliseum and then they're like, I can't believe a uh, man could actually create something like this. Right. You have that, that feeling when you enter DC as well. Like it's like, uh, it has pretty awesome. Th the buildings are amazing. The statues are all over town. Um, they do have a lot of museums as well and they're free for everybody to go check out. So that was to me amazing. Um, the city uh, is completely different from what I imagined. Like I had no idea DC was like that. What did um, you imagine? Um, I kept on thinking, you hear a lot of like negative things, you know, like that there's a lot of crime, but uh, I never saw anything like that. Uh, like around three in the morning, you would see people still jogging like right around like the mall. Um, and I'm like, aren't they afraid of getting mugged or anything like that? And, and surprisingly, people are walking around and there's no problem. So I really was really surprised with DC and the, you can feel the history also. You can literally feel the history in that city. Um, you're just blown away by everything. Every little corner of that city is just amazing. There's a lot of street art also, which is very impressive. I like that as well. I feel like more cities need more um, murals like that because you just see great buildings all over town and it's boring when you see murals everywhere. It kind of like makes you in a better mood. It puts you in a better mood. Like you're happier to see art out there. Um, what are some there of was the murals awesome... that you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Or, yeah, well, that, that, that's what I was... About some of the murals that, uh, that really stuck to you in DC. There's a, one of Prince. I don't know if you've seen the one that there's a Prince one and he's kind of like pointing. He's wearing the purple. He's got his Afro... And he's like pointing at you. I love that one. There's another one of uh, uh, George Washington too. Uh, I, I uh, managed to take a good picture of it as well. I forget who the artist was, but it's a huge uh, George Washington and he's kind of like staring down at you. Uh, and I forget what the saying was that it, it has right underneath it. But um, there was also another one that I saw that was at a parking lot. And I think they were closing when they were, when I showed up to take a picture of it because they were kind of like kicking me out, but I, I managed to get a good picture of it. Um, but yeah, DC has a whole bunch of awesome art all over town, which is inspiring, actually. That sounds really good to hear. And it was, I don't know, one of the way we met, it was just, uh -huh. it's, I don't know, it's one of those moments that really sticks out because I was just, you know, we were both just going about our business. And then mm -hmm, you gave mm -hmm. me a picture of a pigeon. 
<laughs> Sorry, that always sticks to me. And I remember going home telling my sister, girl, guess what? <laughs> I met this dude at this art festival, and you know what he gave me a picture of? He gave me a picture of a pigeon, and of course, he knows I'm having this problem with the pigeons. But one of the things that, um, I think I included this in my story, a line about this in the web story that I wrote, Uh the fact that you used to work in a corporate setting, Mm -hmm. but you left. Yeah. um, Yeah, tell tell me all about that, because, I mean... Especially now, people are, we're in COVID, we're in the second wave, third wave, I don't know what, what the wave is anymore, but cases Two more are weeks. going back up. <laughs> right? And so your decision, what went into your decision? Well, this was, um, I used to work here in Laredo, Texas with my dad. Like we were working at a trucking company and um, he was the only employee at, in the beginning. And uh, after five years, he was working there. He decided to ask if he could get help by getting me to like kind of like just a summer job, you know, because the, the company was starting to grow and I was 18 years old. This was my first job. I didn't even understand the concept of money. You know, um, I, I would always just be like, Hey, I, I want to get something. So I'd have to ask my parents for money, you know, and like, you know, they'd sometimes be like, well, no, we don't have to give you for that. And so I'm like, well, I want to get a job. And so my dad was like, well, why don't you come and help me uh, in the summer? And I ended up staying there for 15 years in that company. We literally built that company uh, here in Laredo, the presence of the company here. Um, and it grew to like the point where we were, we were literally like in a little RV, um, like kind of like a mobile home kind of thing. And then it, it was like an office. And then we moved to a bigger yard and then an even bigger yard. And um, I was there with the company for about 15 years. And that's when I realized we're all just a number when you're working for a big corporation. Like everyone has an expiration date. Uh, there comes a point where there's gonna, they're going to hire a younger, uh, smarter, more charismatic person than you. Um, and they did that to my dad. They eventually said, hey, you know what? We're going to put somebody to take over your job. And then they just left them like nothing. After 20 years working with the company, they didn't care. Like, like if he was just a number, like I said. And they kept me though. They kept me in the company. And what was messed up was... I was doing his job. I was doing my job and I asked for a raise. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm the only person here that can do all of this, can do both jobs. And I need a raise because my dad doesn't even have a job anymore. And they kept on telling me, oh, you're not ready. You're not ready. And I'm like, what? I've been with the company for 15 years. I've been busting my butt. And you're doing both jobs. How could you not be ready if you're doing two jobs? (laughs) Super stressful. Like I was like to the point where I was beyond stress. They, uh, they took me from, um, where I was getting paid hourly to salary and they kind of made it seem like, Hey, look, this is better. Cause now you're getting a salary, but I would make more money when I was getting paid by the hour. Cause I would work from like six 30 in the morning to like 6 PM in the evening with mm-hmm. just like an hour lunch break. Right. And so it didn't make any sense. So it got to a point where I was just so stressed out and I'm like, you know what, this isn't worth it. Like, and every day at work, I'd be drawing. I would always be drawing, drawing, drawing. Like I'd be on the phone talking to customers, but I'd be drawing, 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 drawing. And my bosses would get mad. They're like, you shouldn't be drawing. You should be uh, focusing on work. And I'm like, this is the only thing that's keeping me sane right now. If I don't draw, I'm going to go nuts. And um, I could tell the frustration also in the drawings. Like a lot of the drawings were like anger. And like you could see like this negative energy behind all of my drawings. They were always like people screaming or like negativity, you know, like they look very, it was a lot of ink drawings because that's all I, uh, the tools I had. It was just like pens, like thick pens or Sharpie markers. And all of them had this tension to them. And I mean, they were great drawings and everything, but you could see the frustration in them. 
And now I, I like kind of notice that with artists, like I can kind of tell what they're going through just by looking at their artwork. Like a lot of people don't know that they're um, subconsciously uh, showing their state of mind in their artwork. So like you can see a lot of frustration in some artists artwork uh, or like some what dark usually show up. Um, um, like pain or suffering or a lot of blood or screaming. That's when you can tell someone's going through it. But see, art is therapy too. So maybe that's the way they're letting all of that out, you know. And the more you draw and the more you, uh, you get better at it, I've noticed that your artwork uh, starts changing and evolving and it's becoming a little bit more like you're at peace. So like I've noticed a lot of my artwork now that has like, like this thing, like it has a whole bunch of detail because it's teaches you patience as well. And, you know, and you start taking more pride in your artwork. So now you start uh, focusing more on technique than an outlet, you know, just to let out all this frustration, which is still, it is, you know, like a, it's still a form of like um, therapy. It's a form of a, an outlet, you know, instead of screaming or anything, you take it out on the painting. And by the time you're done with the painting, you don't even know why you were angry or anything like that. You feel kind of like a kid in Christmas, you know, you wake up mm -hmm. early in the morning to keep on painting or you go to late super, uh, you go to uh, sleep super late because you just want to keep on going, going. And it's just an amazing talent to have. Um, and even if you're not uh, naturally talented with art, I always suggest, you know what, like now, nowadays, uh, coloring books, coloring books are for adults mm -hmm. are coming in um, into fashion. Like a lot of people are doing that. And it's a great stress reliever, like just to see colors. Um, and even if you're, like I said, even if you're not this a great artist, just take it out on a, on a piece of paper or a coloring book and you'll see that how much uh, your uh, state of uh, mind changes after you do that. That Yeah, that is that is definitely true. I have a, an adult coloring book. You do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. What kind? Is it like mandalas or... It's like, oh my gosh, I haven't, see, the thing is, I haven't colored it in, in about a year, but it's, I think it's like flowers, a bunch of different flower patterns. Oh, awesome. So, awesome. Yeah, it's, I keep it right by my bed, but lately I've been like listening to audiobooks to put me to sleep instead of. <laughs> you know what? I, I do that too, but I'll put like, um, um, like, let's say, um, uh, if I want to learn something, like a certain subject, mm -hmm. uh, I'll put like TED Talks. Or I'll put like uh, presentations from like some of like the scientists or like um, who are these other presenters that I like watching. Uh, I like a variety of different things. I don't like just sticking to like just one theme, but I'll play it at night while I'm going to sleep. And I've noticed that my subconscious wakes up right when I want to listen to a certain subject. Because some of these uh, talks last like six to eight hours. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, my subconscious wakes up right when I want to hear something important and I'll wake up and I'll be like fresh to listen to it and I'll be really paying attention instead of dozing off and right. barely paying attention to it. My subconscious wakes me up and like I, I wake up right in the right moment just to listen to what they have to say and I can go right back to it, wow. uh, right back to sleep after that. Yeah. Ah, you get what you need when you need it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, um, so you were telling me about your transition into full-time art and full-time mm -hmm. travel, traveling uh -huh. to different cities. And so, um, do you remember, sometimes we have these, I know Oprah calls them aha moments. Sometimes we have these moments where we can definitely sense a before and after. So what was your before uh -huh. and after, like before when you were actually thinking about making the change and then after when you said, you know what? Yeah, this is done. It's only a matter of time, but I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the road. Well, um, when I was working here in Laredo, I didn't even ever travel. I would never take vacations. I would always just ask for the pay. Uh, I'm like, you know what? Pay it out instead and I'll work. I don't care. And I guess uh, 
living in a small city, we we're very close minded here. I don't want to like rag on, on the city because I love the city. Like if I were, were to raise a family, this is where I would want to do it because I feel like um, it's more family oriented. I think the city is more family oriented, but when it comes to like art, um, it's very limited. So that's why I, I needed to get out of the city because I felt like most of the art that's done here, it's very representative of the area. So you have like a lot of like ranch themes or like longhorns or horses or like native American kind of, kind of stuff or cactus or mesquite kind of uh, settings or deer. And to me, I'm like, I, I want to express more than just that. And so I feel like I have a, a style of art that's a little too weird for just like having on just anyone's uh, walls, you know, it's, it's, it's a very Why specific, weird though. Uh, I don't think everybody would want to have like this hanging on their wall, you know, like they, they want something more that's, matches the couch or, you know, or something that they can relate to. And it's a little too out there. They're going to be too afraid to have, hang that on their walls. And it's something I don't even mind, you know, like I, I feel like I'm doing the art for myself. I'm not doing it for anyone else or to sell it. Like if it sells awesome, but if it doesn't, well, who cares, you know, cause I did it for myself mm-hmm. and I'm not doing to impress anybody, but myself too. So when you do it like that, then you're never disappointed because you're just doing it to be better than you were the day before. And so you're not doing it to get praise from anyone else or to get uh, anyone's okay. Um, Cause when you pay for anyone else, you kind of get depressed, you know, you're just hmm, doing it really? just, yeah, well, that's how I feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some artists will do it just because uh, maybe that's their only source of income. So they'll, they'll paint whatever is asked for, uh, of them to paint. But I feel like you die a little bit inside when you're painting something you don't want to paint because Time is the most important thing we have on this planet. So if you're going to spend two, three weeks, a month on a painting, you better love what you're doing, you know, because then you're going to be like, oh, I don't even want to paint it. Or you're finding an excuse not to paint that day where you feel kind of like down because you're doing something you don't want to paint. But when you're doing something you love, you're there like, oh, I want to paint this and I want to try this. And then what if I uh, experiment with this color or, oh, I made a mistake on this. Let me change it to this. So you're just like constantly wanting to paint when you're painting something you want to paint but when you're painting something for someone else it's it's kind of like it's it's not depressing but it it does you don't have that that drive you know you don't have that I want to paint you're like I have to paint you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's different like that but um being stuck in a city where uh, the art is very limited I kept on thinking Austin. I want to go to Austin because I just kept on hearing a whole bunch of things about Austin, the art scene in Austin. I didn't even know they had that graffiti wall there, um, which is a, it's it already closed, but it was a place where anyone can just show up and just spray paint. And it was open to the public. You didn't need a permit or anything like that. The cops wouldn't come and bother you. Uh, and so for somebody who wanted to learn spray painting, it's like the perfect place because you have, uh, unlimited amount of walls to paint and there's so many artists there also painting so you get to learn pointers from them as well so it was educational as well you get to make some awesome friends meet people from all over the world but I didn't even know that existed in Austin all I knew was that Austin was the place to be at so I was just thinking I gotta get out of Laredo and I gotta go to Austin and then once I quit my job I was like you know what nothing is stopping me from doing this so let's do it and uh, my first stepping stone was moving to San Antonio where my sister was living at and she let me hang out there for like a couple of weeks till I, w- I was trying to figure it out. Um, and San Antonio is actually surprisingly growing uh, in its art scene as well. Like they're having a whole bunch of new uh, uh, art shows all over the place. I don't know how COVID's affecting that right now, but um, San Antonio is a, a growing city when it comes to art. Um, but Houston came calling first, actually. Houston was okay. uh, 
the city that um, there was this guy that wanted me to uh, do some paintings for him. Okay, so, I was just about to ask when you say Houston came calling, what is what does that mean? This guy that followed me on Instagram, he just liked one of my weirdest paintings. And I was surprised he, he liked that one. I was like, I wonder why he likes this one. But he's like, can uh, you do something like that for my house? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure. And I'm literally broke. Like I had enough money. I think I was even overdrafting to put gasoline in my car <laughs> to get from San Antonio just to get to Houston. And I get there and he uh, lets me stay at his house for a couple of days so I can do a painting for him. And the painting he wanted made no sense with his lifestyle. Like he was into... Um, like uh, he would get models to uh, do uh, promotional photos and stuff like that. And so he had a whole bunch of posters of like models. And so he wanted one of my craziest paintings, which was an elephant that had a gas mask on him and his tusks were broken and smokes coming out of the tusks. And he's trying to balance himself on top of the earth. And next to him, there's like a little ringmaster, which is a little mouse with a megaphone with like a bullhorn. And he's yelling at the, at the elephant uh, and the, elef- uh, the mouse is pretending that his whip is his tail, actually. And to, it's a very significant painting. But um, to me, I, I found it weird that he wanted that painting. You know, I'm like, why do you want this painting? He's like, oh, no, I love it. I love it. And so I painted it for him. And he decided that um, I should do another painting for him. And then all of a sudden, one of his friends saw one of the paintings and he wanted a painting for himself. So then he hired me to do a painting for his friend. And then he, he decided to um, become my unofficial manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I went through hell with that process because I was painting what he wanted me to paint. And that's where um. I go to that whole thing where I don't like painting anything that I don't want to paint. It just, it, it, I felt like it was like a lesson, a lesson to be learned, a really hard lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was painting for someone else and it was only what he wanted me to paint. And he had zero vision. He had zero there was, vision. Like there was, was no room for you to, to insert your ideas or anything like that. I had to like tell him after a while. Cause I was going nuts. I was just painting the stuff that he wanted me to paint. And so I'd be like, you know what? I, I have to throw in every now and then one painting that that's done for me because I'm starting to hate painting and I don't want to hate painting because this is my passion and you're making me hate this. And, um, he ended up just hoarding the paintings. He wasn't selling them and he wasn't painting me to, uh, he was, we were under contract. Like he was supposed to be paying me to do a couple of paintings and then he would sell them to his friends and then I would get paid back. But, um, I was just doing all these paintings that only he wanted me to do. And then he ended up selling them without telling me. And so he would just make it seem like, Hey, you know what? Uh, we haven't sold anything, but paint another painting and paint another painting to the point where I was going bankrupt. And this guy didn't care. I was, I ended up losing my house. I ended up losing my car. I ended up, uh, like I was at a point where I'm like, you know what? I have to go back home because there's no way I'm going to survive anymore. Like I've, I've lost everything. I was sleeping in his couch and this guy was selling the paintings behind my back. Uh, and, not, my and not paying you. And not paying me. Wow. And like eating ramen, like <laughs> Chef Boyardee eating ramen every day because I was completely broke. And it wasn't until like I found out that he was actually selling my paintings that um, uh, a friend of mine helped me actually just go to this restaurant where I had a whole bunch of uh, portraits of, of musicians like Amy Winehouse, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, Willie Nelson. Um, I had a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, musicians' paintings and they were all like hanging on this restaurant. And so my friend helps me to go pick them up and the restaurant was like, what are you doing? We're, like, we love these paintings. And I'm like, well, this guy's been selling these paintings and he's not paying me. And one of the paintings that was on display, they actually tell me, well, you can't take that one. He just sold it yesterday. And I'm like, how much did he sell it for? They're like $800. And I'm like, what? 
I'm like, this guy hasn't paid me. And you know what? Out of respect to the customer that bought it, I'll still leave that painting, but I'm taking all the other paintings with me. Wow. And with those paintings, I actually started making a little bit of money. I started selling those. And so that's what started helping me um, get out of my, uh, the hole that I was in. And then I started learning how to tattoo in Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. I just wanted to do art. I had to, I had to find a way to uh, make money with my art. And so I went in, uh, in an apprenticeship to learn how to tattoo. And I started doing tattoos. Um, but I feel like the universe is always testing you. It wants to know how bad you want to be an artist. You know, my tattoo machines got stolen at the mm-hmm. tattoo shop wow. by, another, by another one of the tattoo artists. He claimed that what? somebody was, yep. I had like the, all these ups and down stories. Um, this guy claimed that worked with uh, the tattoo shop that somebody was trying to break into the shop. So before they broke into the shop, he took my stuff with him and I never heard from him again, which was all of, uh, a lie. So I ended up losing all my tattoo equipment. And again, it comes again to that point where it's like, what do I do? Go back to mommy and daddy. I didn't make it. Or what do I do? And I learned that there was a paint and sip in town. So I started doing a paint and sip without learn- knowing any of the techniques of how to teach how to do a painting or anything. I just wanted to make art and I loved it because like I have this natural I've always been a smart ass in in high school you know I've always been that kid you know that always has a remark to everything that the teacher has to say so I kind of like had aspirations of being a comedian as well but I never had the guts to do it but teaching on a pain and sip they're not expecting you to make them laugh you know they're expecting you just to teach them how to do a painting but I could still try my little bit of like a, trying to be like a little smart ass up there on stage. And so I found my calling. Like I love teaching people how to paint. And especially because it's not serious at all. You know, everybody's there to have a good time. They're having a couple of uh, drinks and everything. So it's an easy painting. It's not something complicated. You know, you don't have to teach these crazy techniques. You break it down to like super simple steps mm-hmm. where you just say, we're going to do a happy face and then we're going to connect the happy face to a parenthesis. And from that parenthesis, we're going to do a circle and then bam, all of a sudden you have this awesome painting. And so it's not serious at all. And it's super fun. I w- like, I, f- I think I found my calling, you know, I want to open up my own studio and do that for the rest of my life. And surprisingly during COVID people are still doing it, which is weird because wow. you would think, it's expendable um, money. You know, they, they don't have to use this money for that. Like some right. people need to buy groceries. Some people need to, uh, they have kids, you know, they have to buy them clothes and stuff. And people are still spending money on, on these classes. So that shows you how important art is. It's not just, right. oh, we're having right. a good time. It's we're painting something, you know, and you have repeat customers too. So that shows you that it's not just because they're doing it for entertainment value. They start getting inspired as well. And they find something inside of them that they didn't even know that they had. And now they're painting like once a month. So, which is awesome to inspire people to paint. So a question, let's go back to some of the ups and downs because, Mm -hmm. and this, this is for anyone who might want to do art. They might want to explore their musical aspirations. Maybe they might want to explore being a comedian, whatever it is, whatever Mm -hmm. dream that a person has. Through all the ups and downs, people stealing from you, not paying from you, being dishonest with you, that's, that's a mess right there. Why was it worth it? So for the person who might be afraid, why was all of that worth it? It's, look, you, when you're behind a desk in a cubicle, you're, I, I feel, this is just my opinion, I can't speak for anyone else other than my experience. You feel like you're dying slowly. Every day is repetitive. Every day is the same thing. You're staring at the same blank wall. You're talking to this. It's always the same conversation. Somebody has a problem. Um, And I was that guy that they would call 
just for to fix problems. So you usually have this really angry customer yelling at you, ah, why did you deliver this load on time? And you're all stressed out and everything. And the whole day is just stressed out. And the day feels like it goes by really fast because you're really busy, but you're dealing with stress, 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 stress. When you're painting, this smile doesn't come off my face. The whole day I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm having the time of my life. I'm listening to the music that I want to listen to. I'm having a blast dancing. I'm, uh, I do my paintings to music, so I'm always dancing when I'm painting. And I feel like when you do it like that, you don't have to overthink the painting because a lot of people, they're always questioning themselves. Like, am I doing this right? No, should I do this? No, should I do that? And that little voice in your head never shuts up. But when you have music, you're just dancing, dancing, dancing. You're having a great time. And so the music is guiding your strokes. So all of a sudden, the painting goes to a completely different direction that you weren't even planning because you're on autopilot, you're listening to the music. And so that doesn't feel like work at all. I'm having the time of my life every single day. Every day I feel like is an adventure. I don't feel like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. No, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm going to paint today. And if I'm not painting, I'm taking pictures. I'll walk around the city and I'll start taking pictures of architecture, landscapes. Um, Pigeons. <laughs> exactly. See, I don't like and not just any pigeon, but a pigeon yeah. with some with character. Yeah, it says, yeah, you know, um, everything's inspiration. You have to uh, just have that mindset. You have to just go out there and look for inspiration, and it's always there. The only thing is, some people are too distracted with their phone. They're just staring at their phone, and so they go out to. I see people out in restaurants. It's a beautiful day outside, and they're staring at their phone. And I'm like, look at all this inspiration around you, and you're missing out on it because. You're chatting with somebody who's also missing out on the beautiful day that's outside. So now I, I see it like this, like no matter even if there's that up or that down, if you're doing what you love, that's the best. That's the ultimate high, you know, like um, even if um, there is that down, you can't let that hold you back down. Because if you start listening to, listening to that negativity, you'll start going down and you'll start not believing in yourself. And you know what? They're right. Let me just go back to a nine to five because I didn't sell this painting. But no, it's like, it's worth it. It's worth it when you're doing what you love because this is what I feel like I was put on this planet to do, to make art, you know? And when you're doing that, then nothing can bring you down. Nothing, nothing, no matter what happens to you. Uh, you'll find a way. I'm even starting to learn how to draw with my left hand because I'm oh, afraid okay. that one of these days my right hand's going to get arthritis or something and I won't be able to draw. So I'm like, before that happens, start learning to uh, draw with your left hand. So mm -hmm. that's how passionate I'm about it because I'll do this till the wheels fall off. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's something you just said. It reminded me of um, a poet I had on in a previous podcast. He was uh, mm -hmm. basically saying the the city, any city, any location where you are is constantly gifting us with inspiration and so you know like you were saying staring at our phones that's not necessarily I mean, that's not to say that inspiration can't be found there but mm -hmm. the gift is just right in front of us the gift of inspiration is just right in front of us so we we just take the time to to look at it there was this photographer i forgot what his name was but um it uh this is before i even started taking pictures he said um he was in an interview and they were asking him where do you find inspiration? Like, how does it happen or what? And this is back before digital cameras. He said, I put the film into the camera. I close it. I put it onto my eye. And all of a sudden, it all just starts. He's like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And then I run out of film and it stops. And so I open up the camera and I take out the film and I put a new film into it and I close it. And it all starts it all over again. And it's, it's happening. It's happening. So I'm like, wow, like, 
that's a great way to think about it because I'll stare at the floor and I'll even see stains on the floor that resemble something. And I'm like, oh, that looks like an elephant. And I take a picture of it in a weird angle. And that's my inspiration for my next painting. Or that's a picture right there. So just look around you. Like if you're just staring at this thing all day long, you're just going to be staring at this. And yes, there is inspiration in here too, because I'll see some other artwork or some tattoo artists uh, that I love seeing their artwork. And I'm like, look at what they're doing with their, with their uh, talent. You can be doing that as well. So I never see it like competition. I see it like inspiration when I see other artwork. Um, I feel like if they're putting in 110%, why can't I be putting in 110%? So that motivates me to be a better artist to push myself to be a better artist. Wow. So in your travels, in your travels, um, as you develop and as you're growing as an artist, so how many cities have you traveled to? So you said you're back in Laredo now visiting with your family. Um, Uh But how many cities, first of all, how many years were you traveling and how many cities did you get to? Well, I I feel like I'm I'm still traveling because (laughs) um, right now um, I was going to go back to Chicago but um, a friend hit me up and he's like, hey, can you come over to Austin? I have an art show this uh, weekend. So I'm like, you know what? Yes, I can do that. So I'm going to go to Austin. And then another friend from Houston was like, hey, you're in Texas. Well, can you come to Houston and do a painting for me? I want a portrait. I'm like, yeah, if he wants a portrait of his dogs and his daughter. So I'm like, yeah, if, as long as I take the picture uh, at the angle that I want to do it, then I'll do the, the, the painting. But if it's your typical picture that doesn't inspire me, I'll never paint it because I just feel like it's disheartening, you know. Um, but see, I can continue traveling now because I'm an artist. So I have, I'm free to do whatever I want, whenever I want. So now I'm going to go to, uh, to Austin tomorrow. And then I'm going to go to Houston after that to do a painting. And then probably I'll go back to Chicago after that. But my main goal now is this. I want to, when I, when I met you, I was doing the traveling. Um, I was traveling from, I started in Austin. I went from Austin to Houston. I did a mural in Houston when I was there. Uh, from Houston, I traveled to uh, New Orleans and in New Orleans, I, did, uh, I was supposed to be just there one weekend, and I started uh, doing um, just live paintings. And then somebody told me, hey, you should go check out this place. It's called the end of the world. It's this old uh, abandoned military base from World War II that the military donated to the city of New Orleans. And New Orleans never did anything with it. And it's right off of the Mississippi. It's a beautiful abandoned six-story building. And it's three buildings that are like that. Um, the first building is just offices. The second building is like a parking lot for like the people that used to go there. And the third building, I never went all the way over there to that one, but it's just covered in graffiti and anybody can just go there and spray paint. And if you're a practicing graffiti artist, you can spray paint all day there. Nobody's going to bother you. So um, that was like a playground. That was like a little playground. I ended up staying in New Orleans longer just because of that. And um, I ended up spray painting a huge mural there. I felt like I was donating that to the city of New Orleans for anybody who would go there and see it. Cause um, we painted it on the top of the, of the roof. This was like, it's called a heaven spot when you do a spot uh, that's that high, because if you fall and you die, you go straight to heaven. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it was so inspirational to be there because you could see, you start noticing the artists that are doing the same thing, that are traveling as well. Like you start picking up on the artists that spray paint their name. And you're like, hey, look, there's that a Chu, A-C-H-O-O, is all over New Orleans. You would see him everywhere on the streets, at the end of the world, um, uh, everywhere. You would walk around New Orleans, you start uh, picking up on uh, on like certain artists that are traveling um, I saw him also in Austin. So you start picking up like, hey, look, they're doing the same thing. They went from Austin. They, they probably went to New Orleans and then they probably go to another city. So 
it inspires you also to see also other artists doing the same thing, you know, them, them traveling, living off of their art um, and just doing their thing. You know, it's awesome. From New Orleans, um, we traveled to Memphis and it, we went to Memphis because we were supposed to really go to Florida, but there was a hurricane going on in Florida, but um, we couldn't go to the hurricane area. So we ended up going to paint, uh, to Memphis. This is, I don't know if you can see my t-shirt. I ended up going to paint Memphis. Um, there was a festival happening there. And I feel like, look, there are no coincidences. Us meeting wasn't a coincidence. Right. It's, absolutely not. It was not a it's, coincidence. <laughs> it's, it's like the universe aligning certain people in your life. You either learn something from them or you develop a friendship with them and grow together. Um, but it's no coincidence. There are no coincidences uh, uh, on this planet and this life. Um, my friend from, from Laredo had just moved to Memphis that's why I hit him up and I'm like, hey, can I go hang out with you for a couple of days uh, I'm, while I'm traveling? He's like, yeah, go ahead and come over. So instead of getting a hotel, I could stay with him. And then Paint Memphis was happening uh, right when I showed up. It was the last day that Paint Memphis had uh, people uh, signing up, able to sign up that day. Uh, so we showed up right on the right time um, just to sign up. Uh, I became friends with the organizer. Like we're now homeboys big time. Um, so I feel like I'm part of the Paint Memphis family just uh, because of that. And it, I mean, right place, right time. Like we were, we weren't even planning to go into Memphis and now I'm part of the Paint Memphis family. I feel like, uh, every time I go to Memphis, I have a family over there. Um, I feel like a mini celebrity every time I go over there because people recognize me since I'm always dancing when I'm painting. They're like, Hey, is that Ron? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And people just come up to me. So happy to see me again. It's just super inspiring to see that people love seeing, uh, murals and graffiti and everything. like this year okay I do like this year because I went from one job to another and I'm really enjoying it but elsewhere it's been you know it's been a tough year you know family members couple family members passed away and watching on my Facebook feeds as other people their family members are passing away they you know they're getting used to having funerals in a way that we really have not had funerals before you know you can't grieve properly like you like you're normally used to in person hugging people that kind of thing. How has this pandemic affected your art, your travel, um, your inspiration? Will COVID themes show up? Do you think COVID themes will show up in, in future artwork? I, I feel like COVID, um, it either made you or it broke you. Like, I feel like in, in, my, in my opinion, in my experience of it, when it happened, like we all heard the two weeks, two weeks. So I'm like two weeks, I'll be painting all day long. I don't care. I'll lock up myself in my studio. I'm going to have the best time of my life. I don't care. It's, I can just focus. I won't have any distractions. Let's do this. You know, two weeks is nothing. But I started drinking a lot because subconsciously I was kind of depressed because I was just locked up. I'm a very social person. I love interacting with people. I'm a hugger too. So we can't hug anymore. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, but the first two weeks I was like, you know what? I got this. I'm going to just be painting. I don't care. So I started painting, 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 painting. And but drinking a lot, drinking, drinking, drinking. So after the first two weeks, I did start kind of feeling it like, hey, like you're just drinking every single day. This isn't healthy. 
Uh, it's probably not even good for your immune system. So I'm like, let's cut back on the drinking. No more drinking. Only on special occasions we'll start drinking. Just focus on your art. Just art, 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 art. All right. So the two weeks passed and I did start feeling like claustrophobia though. I, I, I kind of got like this little arrogance at first too because I was like, oh, I got this because I, I can paint all day. So I feel sorry for people who can't paint, but I'm going to be painting all day long. I'm going to be having the time of my life. And then after the two-week mark, I felt it. I felt like this thing, like, oh my God, like I'm just stuck inside the house. Like I need to get out. And in Chicago, it was really cold those first two weeks. And the sun hadn't come out in those first two weeks. So I was going nuts. And then finally the sun comes out. So I'm like, you know what? The heck with this. Let's get out. Let's get out. And there's this little plaza. We're not a plaza, like a little square that's by my house. It has, um, it's called Logan Square. Um, it has like this huge um, statue of an eagle. So I just went there. I'm like, I'm going to go just sit there and just enjoy the sun, even though it was super cold. And I'm just there trembling. And I'm like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm not trapped in my house. I can do whatever I want. I'm not, I'm not just trapped in here. And then I remembered, you know what? Nobody's out on the streets, Rod. Why don't you just go out there and start taking pictures of Chicago abandoned, you know? So I'm like, that's a great idea. So you, you know what? I just grabbed my phone because I take most of my pictures on my phone. And I just started walking. Nobody was in the subway. Super eerie. Um, I got some really good pictures of the subway completely abandoned of the trains by themselves, like some panoramics of my feet all the way to the door of the trains of the subway. So they look super eerie, but the buildings, I like doing panoramics of buildings, but vertical panoramics. So it kind of starts bending the buildings. So it looks kind of like the movie Inception where like they're moving the buildings, like, like where they're like kind of like uh, twisting and turning. Mm-hmm. So the, the pictures looked awesome. So then I started inspiring myself as well. Like, Hey, you don't just have to be locked up. You love taking pictures, go out there. So I started walking all over the city and it did feel kind of sad not having people around, you know, cause there's not even cars parked on the street. It was completely empty, but it made for great photography. So you, it's like I said, you either, you either uh, made it or you broke. Um, I, I started getting inspired. I, I started calling other photographer friends. I'm like, you know what? Let's go on a photo hunt. And so we would just go all over the city, taking pictures of the whole city abandoned by itself. So now I feel like I have this great portfolio of uh, just great pictures from Chicago. Um, and I have a whole bunch of art too, because now I was just so focused on doing art. So it's either for the photography or the art. So I feel like 2020 was the best year I've ever lived in my life. I don't want to rub it in into people's faces. I even got COVID. And, wow, um, really? But, but surprisingly, I felt like, um, let's, just, let's just write it out. Let's see what happens. You know, like, I mean, what's the words that can happen? You know, let's just do it. I, I, I um, completely isolated myself from my family so they wouldn't. Um, I got it here in Laredo, actually. Um, oh, okay. Which is weird because they kept on saying, oh, the cases are rising a lot in Laredo. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're just saying that just to scare us or whatever. And then boom, I get it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well. But I, I, I don't want to like uh, belittle it or anything like that. It was two days of fever and headache. And that was it. I don't know if it's because of my blood type. I don't know if it's because of my immune system. I'm all positive. I don't know if that has anything to do with my uh, immune system being a little bit better for COVID. But I feel like I, it was, I felt sick, sicker before in my life than this time. It was just literally a, a fever, two days of fever. I reached up to 100.1. Um, but other than that, I, I was back to normal and I just started painting this thing. I'm like, you know what the heck with it? I'm, I'm back to normal. So I just started painting, painting, painting. And mm-hmm. for, I've, I've even forgot that I even had it. Like that's how, um, uh, it wasn't severe at all. Wow. Yeah. And, and most people, I was talking with someone uh, last week, most people who do, who do get COVID will recover. That's what the numbers are showing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this is in no way, Rod is not saying go out there wild and out oh, or no, anything no, like that. No, He's not saying no. that, but um, that this is his experience with COVID. And I, I'm happy you're okay. There are like a couple of other people I know who, who also had, had COVID. I don't think I know anyone personally who, at least not in my immediate friend circle, who's passed away. I know plenty of people who have uh, gotten it. Um, yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking, yeah, probably at least 10 people who have gotten it, but I don't think I know personally anyone who's passed away. Um, yeah, no, I know, I know people that have, uh, like, friends of friends that have passed away, so that's why I don't want to, like, make it seem like it's nothing. Of course, it is very real, and it is uh, something we have to take uh, very seriously, but um, I think um, the lockdowns and all of that, I don't think that's good for the economy. I think, like, the economy right now is hanging by a thread, and there has to come a point where is the government really going to take care of us or should we take care of our own lives? And the way I see it, it's like, as long as you're respectful to businesses requ uh, requirements and everything, we should be able to take control of our lives again. Hmm. That's okay. my opinion though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause that, and that's another thing this year. Yeah. This year has been um, interesting in so many different ways, <laughs> in so many different ways. It's also been rough. I don't know. I don't know about you, but for me, it's been rough mentally because I live away from my, from my family. They're on the West Coast. I'm here on the, in the East. And just not being able to just see them all the time or the fact that I know I won't be able to just hop on a plane. Hey, I feel like going home. You know, let me just get a ticket, visit for the weekend. I can't necessarily do that because my parents are older. And we have this virus lurking out there. Say if, you know, if we get it, it might not be the same as if, say, they come down with it, you know. Um, and that, that's been a little tough to deal with. How have you been dealing? Has um, art helped you deal with this mentally as well? Oh, for sure. Um, but when I came down here to Laredo to visit my family, they were super scared because I was on an airplane, you know, and I had just flown from Chicago to Memphis. Memphis had uh, an extra stop in uh, Colorado, in Denver. And then from Denver, I flew to San Antonio and then from San Antonio to Laredo. So they were so scared, you know, and, and my mom is also a hugger. So she was like, I can't hug you. And she's like, please go take the exam. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Just so you have peace of mind, I'll go get the test. And I came out uh, negative. So I'm like, all right, great. So I was here for a couple of weeks with, uh, without it. And then um, my brother got it actually. I don't know if he got it like at work or something. And then they kept on telling us, oh, if you just wear a mask, you should be okay. But I told my parents, you know what? If you guys can get out, like, because uh, I was sleeping in the same, uh, on, the, on the second floor. Mm -hmm. with my brothers in the next room. And so I'm like, I might have it right now. Uh, I might be asymptomatic. So I told my parents, you know what, if you guys can leave uh, just to be safe, they got out and they checked themselves again, completely negative. Um, but I, I turned out positive. Wow. And uh, like, I, like I said, I just didn't want to panic. You know, I'm like, you know what, uh, I'll just write it out. But like I said, uh, for my, like I, I, there was a point where I was just getting tired of just being tired, you know, just in bed all day long, just trying to fight the fever and everything. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going nuts. Let me just do this. And then now I feel great. Uh, I'm back to normal and I'm painting. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Not just mentally wise, like physical wise, because it's gotten me out of bed. You know, I would, I wasn't just feeling like, uh, I'm sick or anything like that. No, I'm out of bed. Uh, I would even see the sun come out cause in Laredo we're still like in the eighties. I Ooh. can't believe that. Oh, I'm so age. jealous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd go outside, take off my shirt and get some sun, you know, and just relax out there in the sun, just get some vitamin D, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it was good for my mental health and for my physical health as well. Cool, cool. So let's go back to, let's see. 
Let's go back to the paint and sip. So you said you uh-huh. wanted to start a paint and sip. Have you started that or what are your plans to, to start the paint and sip? Well, when, when COVID hit, we had to close. We had to uh, close. Oh, like so you, oh first... so you did start it already. No, no, no. I, I'm working at one uh, in Chicago, actually. Okay. Um, and my boss is one of the best bosses I've ever had in my entire life. The guy's actually an ex rock star. Like he actually <laughs> opened up for like some major bands. Um, and we have great conversations. We're always talking about music and art and everything. Um, and we have a great relationship. Like we, he respects my ideas when I'm like, Hey, why don't we try this with the, with the classes or, um, he'll give me some feedback on how, what he thinks like I should change with my presentation with the classes and everything. But when COVID hits, um, people still wanted to do something, you know, cause they were tired of being inside their houses. So we got the idea of doing zoom call painting classes and it was kind of like Bob Ross, you know, like it was kind of like having a Bob Ross thing, but I'm used to getting the response from the people, you know, like the people that are attending in the classes. Like if I say a joke, I expect someone to laugh, you know, and here my jokes would go out to like silence, you know? So I'm like, Oh great. Like this feels weird. But my boss and I became kind of like a comedic duel. Like he was behind the, the Zoom call and he'd be like, uh, like looking at all the, the, the clients that were like uh, taking the class and some of them were too shy to speak up. So they would like type in like um, their questions. And so he would uh, tell me the questions that they had or like he would be like, hey, somebody wants you to repeat what you just said. And I'd start bouncing my jokes off of him. And then he started like saying some funny stuff. So then we would start getting the reviews from the classes. Everyone was having a blast. They're like, Rod and Tony are like the most funniest guys on the planet. And they were having a great time. So we started thinking outside the box, you know, we can do these Zoom calls. So we started selling out nationwide. Like we were doing kids classes. We were doing uh, classes for adults. Um, we're doing private parties as well. Uh, so now we're even thinking, you know what, like you were saying, you can't go to the West coast so easily to visit your family, but let's say you have one of our paint and sip classes. You can send them the zoom call and they can participate. We'll send them a kit. And so they can be part of the private party as well. And they won't feel left out. They'll feel like they're part of it as well. Cause even if they talk, we're going to have a speaker where they uh, can participate and people can hear what they're saying as well. So it just made us think outside the box. And so we stayed afloat because of those classes. And uh, like I was Are saying, you still doing them. Yeah, we're still doing them. Actually, okay. when I was here, I was trying to tell my boss, hey, like, if you have any classes that are Zoom calls, like, I'll teach him from over here. Just send me a kid and I'll teach him. But it was going to be a little bit too complicated for him to be able to um, be able to fully control it with me on this side here in Texas and him all the way over there. So he, he got another one of the artists to do it. But, I mean, it's now part of our um, of our uh, of our uh, things that we offer, you know, and we can actually offer that in our private classes or public classes. So I saw just today on uh, IG that you're starting a new podcast and you talked about it earlier um, Uh in in the hour, The Art of Travel. Tell us about Uh The Art of Travel, the podcast, who you're going to be on there. You say you're going to be talking about talking to like-minded individuals. Let's let's get all the details. Well, see, The Art of Travel was when I was traveling when I met you. Um, When Anthony Bourdain died, Mm -hmm. I felt like he was an inspiration to me the whole time. Like I would just see him travel all over the world and he would like go, he had like a concept where it was, um, he would go to like a little street uh, restaurant or hole in the wall. And then he would go to a fancy restaurant, but he would like walk around the city, meet the people and show you like how they think, how the the foods that are common to them, you know? Um, And to me, it was like the best job in the world. And then he passes away and I'm like, I never travel. So I'm like, 
I should travel right now because you never know when you're going to die. You can die tomorrow. You, we're, we're all worried about COVID. You can die walking down the street by a car hitting you or something, you know? So if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? So I kept on thinking that, you know what, let's travel, let's do this. So as I was traveling, I was meeting artists along the way and then seeing um, their, their art scene and um, learning from them or collaborating with them or painting next to them. So I was thinking, why not do the same thing? Why not do something like Anthony Bourdain? Go to their city, um, interview them, since I love taking photography, take pictures of them as well in their element, in their hometown, around like uh, things that uh, are meaningful in their city uh, or like landmarks, and um, build a portfolio for them. You know, build a portfolio of them in action or their, um, them in their city, or maybe even have them invited over to Chicago as well. Uh, to my studio and have them paint a live painting, maybe even time lapse it while they're painting. So not just do an interview, make it kind of like a whole, like kind of like Anthony Bourdain, like an, a whole episode of the artist, like interview them, um, see what makes them tick. Well, what's their inspiration? Um, have them painting live, um, maybe even collaborating with them as well. And um, that way I, I feel like artists need that, you know, like we just see the art, but we know we don't ever get inside the, the artist's mind, like how they think or what, uh, why they did it. What was the inspiration behind the painting? Why they use those colors um, or future projects that they might have or uh, art shows that they might be uh, participating in. I don't know, like the world, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit, you know, I want to just um, do this. So I'm thinking about even buying a, a little, FedEx truck, a used FedEx truck or UPS truck and making it into like a tiny home because my dad's great at uh, carpentry and plumbing and electrical and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe it'll be a nice fun project for me and dad to like uh, connect, you know, and do something like that. And then just travel the country. I want to do West Coast this time because the last time I did East Coast and just drive around and just see maybe there's a museum having an exhibit as well. Walk into the exhibit and talk about the exhibit. Um, go to like local art shows, um, meet up with uh, local artists and see their studio. Um, I don't know, like just uh, share art with the world, you know, share how everybody does their art uh, with everybody listening and checking it out. I think that'd be a great idea. That sounds good. You can find Rod Quinn Art. That's your main <laughs> site, right? My main one is Rod Quinn. That's R O D Quinn. Okay. Q U I N N. But the new one is the Art of Travel, but Art with two T's. Uh, but it's also known as Rod Quinn Art with two T's. Uh, that's going to be the the Art of Travel. So I'm already talking to my artist friends, and they're all behind me. They're like, "Yes, let's do this, Rod." Because uh, I love this. I love having conversations. You know, like we didn't even script this at all. It's just happening naturally. <laughs> I feel like this is the way you should have a conversation, you know, like this is how you should share people's uh, opinions and thoughts on life and art. And just so, everything yeah. because uh, yeah, life imitates art or art imitates life mm -hmm. or a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so one last question, your sure. hope for 2021. I know we've talked about 2020 being a dumpster, dumpster fire of a year. It's also <laughs> been good in some ways, you know, um, what are your hopes for, for next year? Every year that you're living should be the best year of your life. So I always, I always have goals, but I always want to have goals that are like so crazy that um, I have to have little goals to reach that maximum goal. The art of travel is my ultimate goal for 2021. Um, but I'm going to have to start it. Like I said, like just to get the, the tiny home, it's going to be, I can't just go and buy it right now. I don't have that kind of uh, capital. But if I start like uh, interviews like this, like Zoom calls like this, 
maybe uh, the art of travel will get a little bit of attraction to the point where maybe I'll sell a couple of these paintings where I can actually buy the tiny home and then I can uh, maybe in 2022 start the touring touring again. Um, but for the foreseeable time, like 2021 is going to be me tackling the art of travel, maybe just doing the Zoom calls, especially since it's COVID, you know, not, not a lot of people will be comfortable just showing up to either my studio or me having them, me showing up to their studio. So maybe if we just do it like this in the beginning, it'll be cool. Um, but yeah, that's what 2021 is going to be for me, the art of travel. And hopefully it'll be a success. Rod Quinn, everyone check him out. Heck yeah. All <laughs> Great right. talking to you. Good talking to you too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Planet Noun, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference and do more with what life presents. That was Rod Quinn. And you can learn more about him and get his social handles at planetnoun.com. I'm Liz Anderson, host of the Planet Noun podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also on SoundCloud. And well, please stop by Apple podcast and rate the show. Oh, and I forgot to tell you during the last episode, we are now on Spotify. So you can check us out there as well. Thanks again for stopping by. And you know what? Do me a favor. It's been a really rough year and the holidays usually present a rough time for some folks. So drop a kind and positive word to someone in your life, be it an email, social media message, a word by phone, a voice note, just to brighten someone's day, or even a smile. Or if you're wearing a mask, make sure your eyes are smiling. Until next time, take care.